This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we are talking Spider-Man Far From Home. Flips to Europe. You never doubt that you're the one and you can have your dream. You're the best around. Nothing's gonna ever keep you down. You're the best around. Nothing's gonna ever keep you down. You're the best around. We are now recording. This is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron and as always this is... Abe, hello! Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We cover some various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler-free review, then jump back into other movie, to- movie topics. This is episode 370. 370. That's a nice summer number. Sure. <laughs> Feels summery, right? 370? Does, does it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Reach it in the fridge. Get a cold Coke at 370. I don't even... That doesn't make any you sense. You really trailed off where, where that commercial was <laughs> yeah, going. That doesn't make any sense. Reach into the fridge for a Coke... 370. It made sense in my mind before I said anything. Yeah, well, always finish the equation. That's what <laughs> I say. <laughs> so, um, anyway, for this episode, we're talking Spider-Man, colon, Far From Home. Yes. <laughs> yes? <laughs> I, I was trying to think of the numbers real quick. It's like, the second MCU Spider-Man film, the 23rd MCU film as a whole. So, there oh, we go. That's... Yeah, all of those things. Uh, joining us today to discuss Spiderman, we have from Lenoir Artur, the latest controller of Edith. It's Terrence Johnson. Ooh, I would, I actually would love to have Edith in real life. <laughs> <laughs> also, wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> also joining us from Wiseau Blue, recently lost his intern position at the Daily Bugle. It's Jordan Grout. Sadly, I did, but it's a, a pleasure to be here. Well, good. Glad to have you guys both back. Of course. <laughs> how are you? How are you both doing this evening? Great. Good. Good. So this, this is the highlight of my of my week. Right <laughs> oh, wow. What an honor. <laughs> well, I mean, next to seeing Spider-Man, that is. Oh, well, 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 still, we'll get there. The, the pleasure is ours. Oh, oh, sorry. Did I let the cat out of the bag too soon? I think it's uh, let the fish out of the Mysterio bowl, I think is how we're phrasing it these days. But <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, okay. let, let's see. Let's get to some show notes stuff. We got some show notes. We got we got some things. Uh, let's see. First up, uh, we have a midsummer bonus episode that we, that uh, myself and Jimmy O from Joe Blow we recorded together. We talked all about midsummer because we wanted to make it was a significant release. So we wanted to make sure we gave it its due process instead of just re- relegating it to an out a quickie section. Uh, yep. So yeah, that's up now. That's on iTunes. That was a lot of fun to record. I mean, a, a quick since it was only that 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 movie we did like spoilers, but it was still like a quick hour of discussion. So it was good. Um, what else? New commentary track is coming this month, uh, for Death Proof is what we decided on. Um, since we have a new Quentin Tarantino movie and most of his films are quite long, we decided to, to go for one of the shorter Quentin Tarantino films, but it should be a lot of fun. We're going to record that sometime next week. That should be up right before, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood comes out. Uh, what else? Some other good news. Let's see. iTunes reviews and ratings. We like to say that you should log on to iTunes. You give us a review to rating because that would help pop us up in the old iTunes charts. And guess what? Someone did that. We got a yes! new iTunes review. Uh, this one is from Electrolyte. It's uh, it's a five star review. Yeah. It better be. Yeah. Five Thank stars. Thank you so much. Yeah. We talked about many stars, but five stars is the best star. Yeah. That's you know that's all that's that's many stars. Uh, <laughs> it, it reads Aaron and Abe have a nice chemistry with each other and their guests. All right. Uh, their weekly reviews. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> their weekly reviews are insightful and the specials are fun. My favorites are the summer movie box office gamble and the horror movie series that they do in October. So uh, thank you for that. And uh, yeah, uh, if you want to 
join Electrolyte and helping us out by logging on to iTunes and uh, you know give us a review. It's always you know it helps helps out our show. So I'll do it. So much Electrolyte and also pay attention to this coming October. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we always like doing the horror, and we want to expand that. I mean, we've talked about that before, but it's fun to do like because in October, yes, we do specials that are focused specifically on horror. It is fun to do those, so it'd be fun to kind of expand that to other months to see what else we can come up with. I know we've talked about this with Marcus as far as doing like Black History Month and doing like things very specifically related to uh, to, to black film um, and what have you. But uh, you know, there's a lot of ideas out there. I mean, obviously, we could do Irish Month in March, right, Abe? That's that's what you were getting. For. Irish all Month in March, all of March. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if we have Conan on Brian on, I'm down. It's one of those classic Abe suggestions, I'm sure. Um... <laughs> Something I have never said. <laughs> <laughs> but what else? Um, okay, uh, for the past month and a half, I've been talking about our Godzilla contest, where people can send in their favorite Godzilla villain and why. It is now a new month. It's the end of June, which means the end of the contest, and we do have a winner. Um, our winner is Irene Johnson. Who writes? My favorite Godzilla adversary is Monster Zero. I think the movie was Godzilla versus Monster Zero, and I was six or seven when I saw it. The movie came out in 1965, so wow, that's twenty years ago. Yeah, fans, they uh, span. I'm sure if that was the first Godzilla movie I ever saw, but I'm not sure if that was the first Godzilla movie I ever saw, but it's the, but it's the first one I remember seeing. Also, I was a grown woman before I learned that its real name was Ghidorah. Um, so yeah. Uh, congrats to By Irene. the way, I, I typed in Monster Zero in Google, and I got the energy drink as a return. <laughs> so that's how that's how dumb I am. Well, yeah, congrats there, <laughs> and we'll be we'll be sure to kind of send a message along and and send a, a, the copy of Destroy All Monsters and some other like Blu-rays that I can put together in a package. Uh, but yeah, uh, we got we can we have I have so many Blu-rays and stuff that we can put into new contests. We got to come up with a new contest soon because that's always a fun to do and easy to do. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What some free stuff. Yeah, exactly. What else? Our summer movie gamble is still active because it's still summer, and we got a <laughs> Spider-Man: Far From Home joining in the fray this week. It made with from Wednesday to now, it made 185 million dollars, which is that's not too shabby. That's pretty good for Spider-Man, which <laughs> presumably we all put fairly high in our box office. Uh, list where we predicted what we think are going to be the top 10 highest grossing films of the summer. You know, I haven't seen the, the list in a while, but it'd be hilarious if Marcus forgot to put this one on the on his list. Marcus is covered. I, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I, I'm aware of certain people that have certain choices that aren't on there that maybe should be, but I know Marcus is, he's, <laughs> he did pretty, he had a pretty respectable list this year. So. <laughs> Love but, you, Marcus. Uh, yeah. But yeah, we'll keep checking it in as things go along, but yeah, there's a, that Aladdin. <laughs> This is making money. Yes! Aladdin. Thank you, Aladdin! It's at 320. The thing that sucks about my list is that I didn't include John Wick in the top 10. Well, I mean, most of us didn't include John Wick, but yeah, John Wick is some certainly... Some of you did. What? Some of you did. Yeah, some did, and they're, you know, good on them. But yeah, yeah. most of us didn't think it would be uh, knocking it out like it is, but it's still, it's gonna it's gonna be in the top 10, that's for sure. So, yeah. take that, Man <laughs> Black International. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about that movie. Or Dark Phoenix, which I believe might gross lower, more less than the Fantastic Four reboot from a few weeks, from a few years ago. Fan, fan Fortastic. Fan, yeah. fan I'm trying to con- yeah, exactly. conform my mouth to make that work. Fanortastic. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so we'll keep checking in with that, and that's it. Yeah, that's so notes. Let's um, let's move on now. Let's get to some. Uh, let's get to some. No, everybody. We each week we ask each other a question or two, try to set the tone for the podcast. I better get to. No, no everybody. everybody. Hey, thanks, Terrence. That was good. That was good. 
Jordan's no. been, uh, Jordan was our first guest and he didn't even do it. So <laughs> I mean, he's busy. Right? No, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you got a question for us? I have a question for you guys. If you guys are making a movie, where location would you travel to? This one, they've chosen a lot of pretty cool places. Maybe not a shot in all of them, but it's one of those things where I was like, hey, it's cool that this movie doesn't take place like on American soil uh, and we have to like save America just the same way that a lot of other movies have been made. But my, I was glad to see someone international. My answer to this question is Georgia because most of the, the things country? in this movie look like Georgia <laughs> using a green screen once again. <laughs> I mean, you know, that is like Marvel's back lot. Why, why go anywhere when you could go to Georgia? <laughs> hey, man, they, they, I mean, it looks like they actually took a, a little gondola ride in, in Italy. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I saw I saw the credits. They thanked a lot of countries. What was the actual question again? I actually forgot. <laughs> what country would you shoot in? Or where would you, or would shoot, you shoot your, your film in? That was the question. Yeah, why spend the money when I can go to Georgia? <laughs> you know, maybe because they Wakanda have forever. Wakanda, Georgia. Oh my <laughs> gosh! I'll spend the money and go to Italy. Uh, See, that's a real answer, Aaron. He took think, chances. Yeah, I think it would be fun to shoot where like Fellini shot, Ooh. like kind of what Nine tried to do, but maybe make a better movie. <laughs> Which one's Fellini again? Did he, did he do Cheaper Bread the Dozen 2 or The Pink Panther? Uh, a little bit of both. Pink I think those are both Sean Lee. Actually, not think about it. Uh, attempt to make fun of Fellini for no apparent reason. Yeah, you saw how I just let that go on by. I know, it just went flat. I, I wasn't going to bail him out either. That's that great chemistry they're talking about. Uh, how about you, Jordan? Where would you shoot? Wakanda. There you go. <laughs> He's also <laughs> shooting in in Atlanta. At uh, but but uh, if I if I couldn't uh, get there, I would go to Paris because I just love that city. Yeah, there you go. Sean Levy did the first achiever by the dozen. <laughs> Thanks for going with your continuing with your Sorry, with the your... remake, not the original achiever by the dozen, of course. <laughs> Do you have a question here? I have a question that's dangerously close to yours. Uh-oh. Uh, three stops on your European vacation. Where do you go? Mm, that's a great question. I go to McDonald's and then maybe Jack in the Box. And lastly, I didn't go to Burger King. You could have phrased it Euro McDonald's. <laughs> Yak in the Box. <laughs> Yak in the Box. I don't know if Jack in the Box exists in uh, Europe, is it? They don't have boxes there. I think it's just a big, mm. Like, mm. <laughs> it's, it's a big spherical container yeah. that has burgers in it occasionally. <laughs> Um, actually, I've heard great things about, uh, uh, Prague, uh, and ugly. Never... ugly. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I've never been there. Fine, fine. We'll go with all the, the lame ones then. Um, when, when Spider-Man goes to Prague, I kept thinking, this is where Ethan Hunt's team died. This is going to be disastrous <laughs> for all of them. <laughs> well, you know, John Voight's out there just in the shadows. They're even on like the, him and Mary Jean are on the, or MJ are on the bridge at one point. I'm like, this is where John Voight died. What well, kind of died. <laughs> Doesn't he die in the train tunnel? I said kind of died. I rephrased <laughs> it because he, he, he frames his own death and then falls off the bridge yeah. and then he's not really dead. Spoilers for 1996's Mission Impossible. I was going to watch it tonight. Thanks. Yeah. Great movie. Make sure to listen to our commentary track. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go with, uh, I've heard great things about, uh, uh, not, or, or, I forget the name of this city, but let's go with Italy, uh, France, and uh, London. Just going by country here. What city do you forget the name of? 
There's like a city in Italy that my friend says like you should go here because it's way better, less crowded, uh, and the food is Venice, Rome, Sicily, Dublin, Dublin, Italy, Dublin, California. Do you have a sensible answer for this one? Terrence is like I'm out. <laughs> Wait, he left. Oh no, he's he's on mute. Darren? He is on mute. <laughs> Am I? Yeah, you were. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, All right. Fine. I was having a whole conversation with myself. Um, <laughs> oh, I was wondering why you'd be so quiet. <laughs> I'm going to Verona, Italy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to Beirut, Germany. And I guess I'm going to Paris. I'm trying to hit like famous opera houses. All right. There you go. Ooh, Paris has a great opera house. I'll go there, too. Um, oh, jeez. I'll just stay there. I'll, I'll stay in Paris. <laughs> all right. Using all your time there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've yet to go to continental Europe, so I... But I, I've been... Spain has been a place I've wanted to go, so I put Spain as well as, yeah, Italy and uh, Paris. I mean, there's <laughs> some big spots to cover there, but... Yeah. Specifically Rome, I guess. There's a lot of history there. Uh, there's a lot of history everywhere. It's Europe, but still. <laughs> <laughs> you can see where, you know, Tom Hanks died. Yeah, exa- yeah that's the main thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's the main draw. Yeah. The bridge where he died. Yeah, and the place where he found out the Da Vinci's Code, of course. I think that's uh, underneath the Vatican. I mean, but he started, he started at the Louvre. Like, I, I'm going to follow <laughs> the clues. That's what I'm going to do. I don't remember many things about it. I was just disappointed in uh, the third one. But that film was shot in Georgia, so it doesn't even matter. <laughs> That's probably true. Let's, let's put it out there. You were not just disappointed in the third one. They're all bad movies. <laughs> I, mean... <laughs> I think I, I kind of liked like, the first one, and the second one I don't really remember much of. Maybe, that third maybe one was the like... one that I quote-unquote like because it's just so ridiculous. And it has Angels to... and Demons? Has... Yeah, Angels because it has Ewan McGregor as a priest-slash-helicopter pilot. It's a movie. Stranger <laughs> um... <laughs> things have happened. Yeah, season three. Um... With all that out of the way, that's how you play. No, no everybody. everybody. Nailed it. It's one of our best segments. No, everybody. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Now. Let's get out now, Quickies. Yeah. Each week out now, we have a movie of the week that I talk about. Trademark. Abe, you've been gone a little bit. What have you seen recently? I have. I have barely been able to catch up on a lot of things, although I will say that I was uh, watching Stranger Things Season 3. I'm in the middle of it. Uh, we kind of talked about it. Terrence did a, a beautiful live stream of it. You should check out his Twitter page. <laughs> uh, there's many things that you'd probably follow along with and, and probably nod your head in agreement you with. you watching in the moment to get his stream, since it's just like stream of consciousness, no hashtags, just random phrases. That's what I like. That's actually what I really like about Terrence's feed, though. It's like, I dude, use some hashtags. Sometimes, yeah. yeah, to, to remind <laughs> you. By the way, this is what I'm talking about. But for the most part, you know, it's it's a, it's a fun feed, and that's what I enjoy about it. I really do like. I thought it was an ar- 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 uh, which like, artistic choice for you, Terrence, to not use hashtags. No, I <laughs> I've used hashtags. For like the super spoilery things that I might say, mm-hmm. that way if somebody had like the hashtag muted, uh, that would... stuff wouldn't be in their feed. Getting yeah, back those... to what Abe's watched, 
<laughs> so you've watched some of Strange. Did you not see yesterday or Annabelle or the movies we covered last week? I have not seen those. No, I've been I've been uh, busy uh, working myself to death. So I haven't seen those, but I will catch up. I've heard kind of mixed, bummed out reviews about uh, uh, yesterday, which, to be honest, kind of bums me out. But there's also um, that Bruce Springsteen movie that's going to come out later, and I'm looking forward to that. Oh, so, Blinded by the Light. I was like, what Bruce Springsteen? But yeah, Blinded <laughs> by the Light. <laughs> yeah. But I haven't seen uh, anything that we've covered, although my friends and I were... He was waiting for me to come back from a uh, holiday trip to go check out Midsummer, so we're going to pull another Ari Aster 9 a.m. show on Saturday to go well, see. The movie's set mostly in daylight, so you'll be in good company there. There you go. <laughs> so, Looking forward to uh, that uh, laugh riot. Okay. Jordan, what have you seen recently? I watched Stranger Things, and I loved it. Uh, it's my favorite season so far. I feel I, I've always been a fan of the show. But I feel like every season, season one and two, could have been condensed. Like I, I, there was not enough story to cover all eight episodes. But season three, I felt was the first uh, season so far that actually had enough. Like they had the A, the A plot, the B plot, C, D, and like, um, and there was more urgency to the season than other uh, than the prior seasons. I just felt it was it had great characters. Uh, Winona Ryder was given more to do this season than just run around freaking out and crying, uh, which was nice. Um, yeah, I watched it in one sitting, actually. So, And that's all I've seen. Now, did you follow along with Terrence? I did not. <laughs> How dare you? We could all talk about Stranger Things, I guess, because Terrence, Stewart, and I, we all did finish Stranger Things. And yeah, mm-hmm. I, I also watched it with uh, my lovely girlfriend, Anna. We watched it over the course of the weekend. And I... I, I mean, I personally, I found it... I find it to be a pretty consistent series. I, I don't think there's anything that makes any of the seasons like significantly better than the or worse than the other. I know some are lesser on season two. I just think it's I think it's worked well with what it's been doing. I think by default I might like the season the most, mainly just because the getting to know these characters has allowed them to grow. So I can just kind of keep following along with how that's transpired and what they're doing with them now. As far as the story goes, I mean it's the same thing i mean it's, there's, there's not much very beyond changing around the ingredients the basic premise has not really altered that much i think it's just i'm, I'm more focused on how those interactions and character things work and I, i've just i felt they've been pretty strong so that that's where i stay but terrence where were you with season three of stranger things uh i liked it better than season two mm-hmm. um i and i am not a hater of that one episode in season two that's like set the 11 episode yeah the 11 episode like i actually like that episode um but i do feel like this season benefited from not having one of those Mm. in that they kept the action a lot tighter uh the season felt like it built more towards something you know concrete even though the credits rolled and then that sort of may or may not have been concrete uh but I, I really enjoyed it with the exception of one character <laughs> and one particular part of their arc. I thought that Hopper was there's a there's a larger discussion to be had about <laughs> <laughs> about what he what he's doing and what the writers are doing with that character hmm. versus somebody like Steve. I'll just 
Fair. Okay. As Interesting. I understand yeah. being vague. Yeah. So yeah. I, I get that. Have I gotten there yet? Yes, because he okay. had, he started Hopper started annoying me. The first yeah. episode in. <laughs> I, I feel you on that one. Yeah. But he's wearing a Magnum PI shirt. And the mustache. <laughs> Did he grow yeah. a mustache? Did Hopper grow a mustache? I don't think he's always me? had one. No, he's always had like a beard. Like he's Yeah, he's... It, this this season I think was interesting to try and spot some of the references that weren't like super in your face. Like I know that shirt is very bright and in your face, but like that's not they're not like, hey, this is what we're referencing, just like the Soviet guy. Yeah. Um, no, I think it, I I agree. Where yeah, I, I it hasn't bugged me. Like I know it bugs some people as far as how they take the '80s nostalginess of this. Mainly just because I don't have much '80s nostalgia. So it's watching it this season though. It does feel like a, from a I mean from a technical standpoint, I think the Duffers and everyone involved have done a terrific job of utilizing the increased budget they clearly have to make a really competently made show. Like it looks great. There's so much color and everything. But yeah, even with the incorporation of various references to a bunch of different directors would be it Spielberg, Carpenter, Zemeckis, Donner. Yeah, right. Like there's a lot of that going on. Yeah. It, it doesn't feel like it's throwing it in your face. I mean, like see what we're doing here. It does feel like it's better ingratiated uh, while doing its own thing, mm-hmm. which I can admire. Like, you know, it's, it's not, it's not just like a, it's not like JJ Abrams doing super eight and being like, look, it's Spielberg. See, look, look at all the Spielberg I'm putting out at you. Yeah. Super 8 is an interesting comparison because, like, unlike that movie, like, that, I think Super 8 works really, really well until you see the monster. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's where that's, um, exactly yeah, with that yeah, Exactly. Yeah. That third act <laughs> and, really doesn't come together. Yeah. It, like, once you see the monster, that movie falls apart. But, like, this, seeing the monster, uh, it didn't fall apart. And I think that they stuck the landing. So. There you go. Right. This has been Stranger Things season three with Aaron in it. <laughs> Have you seen anything else, uh, Terrence? Um, I saw five movies in the last week. Uh, yeah, which is I'm trying to catch up because I've been behind. Um, one that I really loved, I saw Shadow. Oh, uh, the, the Zhang Yimou film. Yes, it's amazing. Um, everything about I was so confused for like 30 minutes about what the hell the plot was. <laughs> So, like, I pulled up Wikipedia and was, like, reading as the movie was going, like, a sentence as the movie was going along. Um, but once I got about 30 minutes in, I understood what was happening. I think uh, his movies are so visually interesting where I'm like, I like, I remember I was a big fan of House of Flying Daggers way back yeah. in 2004, where I was so less, I was less concerned with, like, the political elements going on. And it's more thrilled by the use of color, just like Hero, and was just so on board with it from a visual perspective where it's like, Okay, I'm sure there's something significant going on, but I'm just really digging the style. Yeah, for me, it was just because, like, there were, like, some specific cultural things that informed, like, how characters were acting and and what they were doing that I didn't get. Mm -hmm. Um, So that I was trying to understand as I was. But it looked amazing. I'm doing a movie in sort of, like, tones of gray and white and black um, is really fascinating for a director like him who you know, is in like reds and yellows, yeah. mm-hmm. blue and all of that. So it, it was really great. Um, and then I guess I'll do one good movie that I saw and one bad movie that I saw. So Ophelia. That's the 
haven't that's the that's the what one. based it's like hamlet but based around the ophelia, oh, ophelia. yes oh okay 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 yeah i um, think i heard about this i'm i i don't know whether we're in like the we're still in like the revisionist period of the industry you know how like every so i mean i guess with maleficent coming out maybe we still are uh but like Ophelia was good to a point, and then it just turned into utter nonsense. <laughs> like, in an effort to sort of branch away from Hamlet, um, the play, they like were like, "What if we went like ten times crazier than that?" Mm-hmm. But just like grounded it with Ophelia, which is which sucks because Daisy Ridley and George McKay, who played Ophelia and Hamlet, I thought were really great. But like the utter foolishness that was the end. <laughs> like the last thirty minutes are bonkers, and that's saying something when it's based on the play where like so, literally every significant character but Horatio dies. I was gonna so I was gonna ask, like, without spoiling what the movie does, is it set concurrently with Hamlet? Like is that how it's functioning? Yeah, so it's like what was Ophelia doing at the times like Hamlet wasn't there? Mm-hmm. Or, like, recontextualizing the moments where she is there. So, like, when he has that conversation with her in the throne room, you know, when he starts going mad, quote-unquote, like, sort of doing a review of, like, oh, maybe he, like, wasn't really doing that. They were doing this. Or, like, when she has her sort of mental mm-hmm. breakdown and she hands the flowers to everybody. Like, that... The the weird thing is like how like knowing this movie was coming out i was thinking i have a pretty spot on memory of kenneth branagh's hamlet apparently because i can remember like is it kate winslet plays ophelia in yes. that version right it's like okay and i remember just i just know hamlet in general so it's like oh that's an idea <laughs> okay yeah like it it started off fine and then just kind of goes nuts i was like oh okay <laughs> Yeah. yeah. What was the what was the last movie you wanted to cover? Uh I saw this giant little ones. This indie mm. movie. Um with Maria Bello and Josh Wiggins from Hellion, the South by Southwest movie okay. many, many moons ago. Uh if you're looking for like a teen drama that like treats issues of like sexuality very seriously. Uh, Giant Little Ones is great. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a movie handle that with sort of the grace that that movie does, even as it's, like, super uncomfortable and the characters have, like, their own sort of biases and things that have to be broken down. Um, That was really great. All right. Uh, Yeah, Stranger Things is the main thing I watched that was, like, relatively new. I don't want to keep this going because we want to get to our Spider-Man. I'll just say Night of the Creeps came out on Screen Factory on Blu-ray, and you know, it's a Fred Decker film from the 80s, horror comedy. Yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> and it, and I, had a lot, I, I had not seen this movie in quite some time, probably before I last saw the like Monster Squad. I'm trying to think of like, watching this movie. But it's super fun. <laughs> it's, and actually, with Stranger Things coming out, you know, the week of getting this movie, it's like, oh, that's so fit. That was such a great like tunnel thing to kind of balance it out with. So yeah. Uh, all right. That's enough quickies. Tim. Let's move on now. Let's get to our trailer talk, where we talk about one of the newest movie trailers of the week, when it's coming out, what we thought of it, what have you. This week we're talking Jumanji, colon, the next level, 
the third film, <laughs> the Jumanji franchise, <laughs> the follow-up to the very successful Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle, which made like nearly a billion dollars worldwide. Uh, this film has everyone back with Jake Kasdan directing again. And this time we're adding on Danny Glover, Danny DeVito, the, the two quintessential natural. Dandies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> people that you naturally think would be in the sequels. Uh-huh. Um, the premise seems to revolve around going back into the game for various reasons. And this time the human characters occupy different bodies. So it would seem, um, all that in mind, uh, Jordan, what do you think of the trailer? Uh, I'm not the biggest Jumanji fan, but I am a fan of as the rock. As in the previous one, or it, well, both of them. Okay. Um, but I am a fan of the Rock channeling Danny DeVito, so I'm going to be there <laughs> opening night. Um, and I mean that—that's the big selling point for me, and I feel like a lot of people. That's brilliant. Like. <laughs> Uh, who doesn't want to see that? Makes sense. All right. Terrence, how about you? Um, I enjoyed the last Jumanji up until the ending, uh, which was nonsense. Uh, <laughs> and this one, I mean, at least The Rock and Kevin Hart look like they're having a lot of fun getting to play new versions of people playing them, <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess. Um, I I don't, I still hold the original Jumanji in very high esteem and the <laughs> other one didn't meet that requirement. So I don't think that this one is going to get there either. <laughs> I appreciate your thoughts on the original Jumanji, Terrence. Mainly because, mainly because Abe knows that I am not a fan of the you, original you Jumanji hate whatsoever. It, but I, yeah. <laughs> And I was like, you know, I, I don't like, or I, I don't think it's that bad. <laughs> oh, no, I love the original Jumanji. Yeah. I, I, do, I don't care for it. So I was like, when, the, for when, when, when Welcome to the Jungle was coming, I was like, can't go anywhere but up. And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you weren't wrong. And I wasn't wrong in my eyes because I had a lot of fun with it. It's like, it is what it is. Um, as far as this trailer goes... I mean, there's more of this thing that I like. Like, I, w- I would say Welcome to the Jungle was like the, the, you know, the pivotal entertainment point of 2017. But I was like, oh, I enjoyed that. So this one's doing something with it that's a fun variation. And if there's one universal truth, it's that Kevin Hart as Dan- Danny Glover is very funny. So I'm, I'm into that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's just proven true. That's objectively true now. That's, 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 is that's, it? Yes, Kevin many, Hart many, as Danny Glover is very here? funny. That, that is... That if if Danny DeVito is the selling point for the ages, as Jordan's saying, I'm all about the Kevin Hart as Danny Glover factor. That that makes me. I can you know, I'm not with markets as far as having some kind of vitriol against Hart. I can give or take the guy, but at the same time, that made me laugh. I've seen the trailer a couple times. It made me laugh, so I'm into that. It is a funny trailer, and it works great with an audience. I'm sure it probably does. Yeah. 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 Abe, where were you with this? I just wanted to lastly say that David Allen Greer creates the sneaker. And without that movie, we wouldn't have sneakers. So, you know, you're welcome. Wakanda uh, would have figured it out eventually anyway. So <laughs> what, is, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, I think the trailer is, is pretty clever in, in its conceit of just, you know, whenever you play a video game, you're, you're probably not the same character twice. Uh, and I think that was pretty cool of them to do. I am curious what happens to... Um, their original buddy, I forget his name, but he's uh, one of the Wolf Brothers. Um, 
I, I, I'm curious what happens to that no, guy. Her, but... Hereditary's Alex Wolf. Exactly. I was going to say the Hereditary guy, but I didn't... it's been a very Ari Aster, Stranger Things type episode already. Uh, I'm curious to see where he went, because that must mean that there's other char- playable characters in the in the game, right? Uh, with all that being said, I, I'm a big fan of... It. Who's who's the Fly of the Concord guy? Uh, Rice Darby. Yeah, Rice Darby. I, I, I like him as like the narrator, just doing... The same lines over and over again, just the same way he did in the uh, in the first or in the second Jumanji, I should say. But as far as the trailer goes, it's fine. Uh, it didn't really entice me crazily, but I am curious to see how much of a role, a larger role, Karen Gilliam gets, because uh, I think that if you haven't seen her in in some of the Doctor Who stuff, she's kind of new to American audiences, and she she's played you know she's been in one of the largest Marvel movie franchises in the history of the world, but she's got blue blue makeup on. But she's a Which funny one? person. What's that? Which one? <laughs> uh it's called child's play uh seven movies eight movies including this this latest release <laughs> but yeah so we'll see how it goes i like how you've you've played into a <laughs> your own game mess up i know it's the, it's the one you called me like you know there's eight of them including the new one i was like you're that was, right that was, that was clever that's a, that's, for, that's a for fans only joke right there <laughs> that's for you electrolyte Jesus. all right um, Jumanji: The Next Level arrives in theaters December thirteenth. Uh, this you know, later this year, uh, right, a week before Rise of Skywalker. That's how I do things now. Before or after Star Wars. <laughs> um, so yeah. Um, all right, let's move on. Now. Let's get to our let's get to our main review for Spider Man: Far From Home. Everywhere I go, I see his face. I just really miss him. Yeah, I miss him too. I don't think Tony would have done what he did if he didn't know that you were going to be here after he was gone. You going to be the next Iron Man now? Well, no, I don't have time. I'm too busy doing your jobs. What? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Look, keep up the good work. Because I am going on vacation. Heads up. Nick Fury's calling you. I don't really want to talk to Nick Answer Fury. The phone. Why? Because if you don't talk to him, then I have to talk to him. I don't want to talk to him. You sent Nick Fury to voicemail? I gotta go. You do not ghost Nick Fury. What up, dorks? What's up? We're just talking about the trip. I'm here in St. Marco Polo's. Oh! I think MJ really likes me. That reminds me when I first fell in love. You're a very difficult person to contact, Spider-Man. This is Mr. Beck. I could use someone like you on my world. New world? Beck is from Earth, just not ours. The snap to our hole in our dimension. You're saying there's a multiverse? We have a job to do. You're coming with us. There's gotta be someone else you can use. What about Thor? Off-world. Captain Marvel. Unavailable. But I'm just a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Bitch, please, you've been to space. What do you want, Peter? I want to go back on my trip with the girl who I really like and tell her how I feel. MJ, I am Spider-Man. No, of course I'm not. I mean, it's kind of obvious. You're right, you may not be ready, but this is my responsibility. Saving the world requires sacrifice. Sometimes people die. Oh my God. I just always feel like I'm putting my friends in danger. The world needs the next Iron Man. Are you going to step up or not? 
work for Spider-Man? I work with Spider-Man, not for Spider-Man. New plan. That should have been some of the trailer for Spider-Man, colon, Far From Home. Spider-Man, as this latest Spider-Man, has been defined as the epilogue to Phase 3 of the MCU. It comes after the epic events of Avengers Endgame and provides a look at the fallout following the return of half the universe and the, spoilers, death of Tony Stark. Uh, Tom Holland's Peter Parker, along with his classmates, are all back, and they are all about to embark on a summer vacation in Europe. Things get complicated as Peter unexpectedly must balance being a high school kid, working up the courage to tell MJ about his feelings for her, with his role in helping to stop elemental creatures from an alternate universe with the help of one Quentin Beck, a.k.a. Mysterio, played by Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, I will say right now, we will give some general thoughts, and there's... (laughs) A key thing that takes place that I feel like it'll be better just to talk openly about it. And since the movie made a bunch of money and you're listening to a film podcast, I assume you probably saw Spider-Man before you started turning on a Spider-Man podcast. So I'll just say we won't go necessarily full spoilers, but I think there's, you know, a a second half of this movie that it will make more sense to talk about if we go into that. Does that make sense, guys? Sure. Yeah. No. Shut up. All right. (laughs) (laughs) With all that, with all that in mind, Jordan, where have you been with the MCU's take on Spider-Man? What'd you think of this film? I am a sucker for these films. I love them. Even the bad ones, like Thor, The Dark World. I I, I, I just, uh, I, I love them all. I saw Captain Marvel, which a lot of people didn't like. I loved it. I watched it three times in the theaters. And I've seen this three times in the theaters, and I loved it. Guys, I thought this film was awesome. Um... <laughs> Move on, please. Very, very Pink Panther and smooth. (laughs) I am not sure whether or not I like it more than Spider-Man 2, which previously was my favorite Spider-Man movie. You're that high on it. I am. I really enjoyed this. I loved uh, the characters. Like, every scene with Peter Parker and uh, with... uh, and uh, Zathura was outstanding. Zathura? Um, and... Zendaya? Zendaya? Zendaya, uh, sorry. Even MJ I... seems like the easiest way to pronounce this. <laughs> Zathura uh, is clearly wrong. I honestly thought I, you were talking I, about uh, Mysterio there for a quick I, second. We were back <laughs> in Jumanji for a second. Yeah. Well, I mean, when, when you have John Favreau, why not? Um... Yeah, exactly. It all connects. <laughs> Uh, I thought Jake Gyllenhaal was uh, so bizarre. I loved every minute he was on screen. Uh, and it's one of, I think it's the only MCU movie, I'm trying to think of another one that may do this, where the post credit sequences, without spoiling anything, actually makes the movie better. Hmm. You may disagree, but that's how I feel. Um, uh, I loved what happens in the middle of the movie, which hopefully we'll talk about. Uh, later. And I thought it was the funniest Spider-Man movie so far. Far from home, I mean, he went farther from home in Infinity War, so I don't know if that's, you know, totally true. (laughs) But time will tell. I think this may be my favorite Spider-Man, well, at least live action. Into the Spider-Verse will always be number one. Um, But this may be my favorite live action Spider-Man movie. All right. Oh. Well, Terrence, where have you been with Spider-Man and the MCU, and, and where are you with this movie? 
what a what a turn this podcast will take. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! What's going on here? Um, Feels cold. I, I liked Homecoming. I like Spider Man in the Avengers and Avengers adjacent movies. Um, I think that I, I honestly feel like the way they're telling the story right now just might not be for me because uh, it feels a little too juvenile um, the way they tell his story in the MCU. And I think that Far From Home, uh, I, the more I think about Far From Home, the less I like it. Uh, I should note that Terrence is the youngest of us on this podcast, by the way. By, like, what, two years? <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> we're all in <laughs> 30. Plus. Yeah, we're in our 30s. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I thought that the action sequences in this movie are really good. I thought that Tom Holland and Zendaya were great as Peter and MJ. That has sort of been like a really great linchpin for these movies. I just think that by virtue of Marvel being super uber successful and Sony releasing two duds of Spider-Man movies with Andrew Garfield and then getting hacked, that they are like clinging to every single shred that they can of the MCU as done by Marvel and Disney, that it's actually like hampering Peter Parker's story going forward. I felt like there's too, there's too much connected tissue and not enough of him getting to like stand on his own or really deal with his own mess. It's always mainly tied back to Tony Stark. And I feel like that's, it didn't give that character the room to shine that I think that he can. It's funny. I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. I think as far as Tony, mm. as far as Peter Parker in the MCU goes, as far as Tom Holland's like work in this, I like him quite a bit as a supporting player. I do think he works in that capacity. I think he's great in civil war. I think, I think that scene with him and Robert Downey Jr. might be the best scene he's done in this movie or in this, uh, franchise so far like it's such a the introduction of spider-man um i he's always great in the avengers films that he popped up in as well i like homecoming at the same time watching it again over time i've kind of come down on it i the more flaws seem to stick out to me and part of it's because of what terrence is saying as far as how much reliance there is on this character being a part of a greater story as opposed to how we've seen him in you know five previous films before that point um which is like yeah i get that i get you have the most pop one of the most popular marvel characters um and they're kind of by virtue of the mcu already existing they have to kind of shoehorn him into this and telling a separate story can be difficult because the only way they seem to know how to do it is by make, making him a kind of product of, of stark to some degree far from home i actually like more than homecoming i i and i and I've been on the record saying I haven't disliked a single Spider-Man movie, I, for better or worse. I do think <laughs> there are, mm. I think there are bad things about some Spider-Man movies, and I still think Lizard People is the worst Spider-Man movie. Um, but I, I do think this, you know, continues the kind of trend along as far as Spider-Man generally works for me. Mm. Um, this movie, 
for all the issues I have, they're mainly related to Spider-Man, actually, because I think the Peter Parker thing going on here is really good. I agree with Jordan. It's the funniest Spider-Man movie, maybe next to... Not counting Spider-Verse. I think Spider-Verse might be funnier. It's on its own level. It, it's, it is. It really is. And Spider-Man 2 is always going to be my favorite Spider-Man movie, I think, at this <laughs> point, just by nature of the you know the filmmaking involved. Uh, but Far From Home, it's I really like the kind of high school comedy they're telling in this movie. I like all of that stuff. And really, when the Spider-Man elements got in the way, that's when I was like, oh, yeah, we got to do this stuff, too. That's kind of what I kept thinking. That said, the things involving Mysterio, as far as his powers as an illusionist... I really enjoyed that. I don't think the action is... I think it's impressive in the moment, but I don't think it's really going to stand up. Like, I can remember beat for beat the subway or the train chase in Spider-Man 2. I can, you know, a lot of stuff blew up in this movie. That's really what I can remember about it. But I do, but I do think the Mysterio stuff is visually interesting. Like, I, I'm real, I was really excited for him to be a villain in this or a character in this movie um, just because that lends itself to some interesting visuals. And I think they, they did that pretty well. And with Jake Gyllenhaal, yeah, he does his job. I think I... Honestly, like I preferred the first half of this movie to the second half. I, I just like the the Peter Parker is a high school kid and he has to do this thing kind of stuff going on compared to the now it's really Spider-Man focused and what have you. Mm -hmm. So uh, we'll get more into it. But Abe, where, where are you with all Spider-Man stuff with this? All Spider-Man stuff. I, I mean, as far as the MCU goes, I, I, I like what they did with it and make in terms of making Peter Parker more of a high school guy and keeping him in high school. That's what I liked about Homecoming was that it was a Peter Parker movie centered on him being in high school. He didn't graduate and then go to NYU and uh, become you know a, a college student after 20 minutes of a movie. Um, and I like that they continued this as well. He's in high school. He's got problems. Uh, he's got anxiety when he's trying to talk to MJ. And I actually really like that teen romance comedy that they have in here. Um, it, I think that it's pretty effective. I think there's like some, some really, uh, I guess the term would be maybe like, uh, adorable things or cute things that they, that they do. Um, Kind of like some some uh, things that suck too, like when he's trying to go when they're gonna go to the opera and he's gonna he's kind of has to ditch out and go be Spider Man. But I see what you guys are saying too, Terrence and Aaron, just in terms of hey, by the way, the Spider Man stuff, it's like it, it kind of just is aided or not even aided, but it's it's pretty much like in the shadow of Tony Stark um, and the way that the the MCU has done it. Um, and I am curious to see like when you asked that question, Terrence, I didn't know how to answer it because. I don't know what you would do if it was just like standalone. I guess that you would just become one of the other Spider-Man franchises where he's just doing his own thing now. He's either in college or, or uh, you know, who works at the Daily Bugle now. I mean, there's some callbacks to that in this one, too. Um, but I, I don't know how to answer the question. So as far as this one goes, I liked it. I don't know if I loved it, but there was a lot of good things that I enjoyed in the first half, and then there's a lot of good things that I enjoyed in the middle, uh, including uh, what we'll, we'll talk about in the second here. I think the ending was kind of just okay. It was it was a way to, to round things out. Um, you know, battle sequences that you talked about, Aaron, I thought that the editing was really kind of uh, choppy. Uh, you just didn't really see a whole lot. Um, you understood that there was a lot of an, 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 a great amount of danger, but you didn't really get a sense of like spatial sequencing of what he's doing, especially where he is, uh, given um, you know the the landscape. So I, it was kind of a weird thing. I did like Mysterio. I, I liked the way that they set him up. I liked the way that there's like a, a lot of like really fun Easter eggs um, that they go into. Uh, and then I also really liked that they have the the use of his powers, quote unquote powers, um, 
that was a really fun, I guess, visual thing to see. Uh, more so when he's when when Peter Parker first uh, confronts him. Um, the the last part is like, well, this is okay. I wish that you guys had made it a, a more intense sequence, but the stakes aren't really there. Um, and then, like what Jordan said, I definitely agree with you that. <laughs> For whatever reason, the mid credit stinger and maybe even like the the stinger stinger make the movie a whole lot better too. So certainly, it, I mean, they're very plot centric. Put it that way. I yeah, mean, yeah, they, exactly. They, they're they they're not just things like that are they're, they're important thing important enough for Dad's movie corner. My dad missed both of them and still hasn't seen Avengers Endgame, so it was very disheartening to hear all of that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but, he, but I think he had fun with the movie. Yeah, <laughs> he, just, he was a little confused by like, where's Tony Stark? Like that was his kind of fun. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but I, I like how they actually talk about that too. But on the whole, I think Far From Home is. It's a fun movie. It's it's a uh, not perfect, but it's pretty good. So the continuation, I think this one is this one run by Sony itself or no? It's still a collab. Still I mean, it it's a Marvel's. It's a Sony movie that's housed by or distributed housed by Marvel in whatever way you want it. I mean, it's you know it's coming out. It's in the MCU. That's sure. What matters, okay. But. Yeah. Yeah. So. Kudos on them for continuing the storyline and the plotline and, and the through line. Uh, but they want to make money, so they're going to keep doing that. <laughs> totally. And I am curious to see how it shakes out with uh, with Peter Parker going to college or, you know, growing I, up. I'm sure it'll be like senior year is the next one or whatever. <laughs> Graduation. He's never going to college in these movies. That'd he's be gonna great. Take, he's gonna That'd take, be great. It's going to be Spider-Man gap year <laughs> just to keep him in Queens. Just to keep him there and he's actually going to go back to Europe? Got it. <laughs> um. As we keep going, let's just say that we're going to go into kind of the the movie as a whole without going completely into the end. But as far as starting now, spoiler alert, Mysterio is a bad guy. <laughs> he's not, I mean, he's yeah, a, he's, it's he's pretty obvious guy. if you watch the cartoon series, I mean, too. You know, I mean, his name is Mysterio. I mean, like, it's not... It's <laughs> no, not... I think beyond that, his name is Quentin Beck. <laughs> well, I think for me, for me, like, when they first announced Mysterio was going to be in it, everybody was like, okay, he's going to be a villain. And then I don't have to say he's going to be it's like, oh, cool. The villain is Mysterio. <laughs> well, yeah. And then like the trailer, like, but back and forth between well, like, I wonder if he's going to be a villain or not. The trailers tried to sell you a different story. And sure. honestly, until that reveal, I was like, Jake Gyllenhaal needs to never be in another studio movie ever again. In his I life. was thinking the same thing. Wait, so why? Were you not enjoying him? in it? No, I wasn't. He was terrible. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is so bland of Jake Gyllenhaal. Why would you guys have a big name like this? Oh, and then have oh. him like do like, oh man, like, I'm glad that I know you, Peter Parker. When Fury asked me to come up here and see how you were doing, he just, he felt bad about snapping at you. Really? You guys do have sarcasm on this earth, right? How are you feeling? I didn't think I was going to have to save the world this summer. I know that makes me sound like such a jerk. I just, I had this plan with this girl that I really like, and now it's all ruined. I like you, Peter. You're a good kid. There's a part of me that wants me to tell you to just turn around, run away from all this. And then there's another part of me that knows what we're about to fight, what's at stake. I'm glad you're here. Me too. But are you worried about your friends? Yeah. Just always feel like I'm putting them in danger. Look, just get them inside and keep them in a safe place for just a few hours and they'll be all right. It's really nice to have somebody to talk to about superhero stuff, you know? 
anytime. I'll, I'll say this, because I, I agree with you on these points. The one moment where I'm like, I like this Gyllenhaal is when when Peter says Mr. Beck and he looks at him, he's like, wait, <laughs> Mysterio, and gives him a look. I was yeah, like, wait, that's, yeah. that's some, that's some Gyllenhaal energy right there that I enjoy. Yeah. But yes, I mean, he certainly, you know, he goes for it once he goes full villain and becomes yeah. more. And then it, became, mm-hmm. it just became more interesting because, like, I think that they, I just wasn't feeling, like, this movie felt a lot of times where I was, like, watching it and I was like, I know I'm supposed to be feeling like, the emotional weight of Peter Parker not having a mentor anymore. But, like, I don't know who the hell Quentin Beck is. Like, he just got here two seconds ago. No, yeah, that that aspect (laughs) didn't get to me whatsoever. I will say, Johnny Favs comes in, and he got to me. When when he has, like, a big heart-to-heart with Peter later in the movie, I was like, this is actually working for me pretty well as far as uh, giving you some kind of emotional weight to deal with. Because, again... The Spider-Man stuff just constantly felt like, uh, oh yeah, we got to do this. Where I'm like, I'm so into Peter Parker dealing with stuff. And so yep. when he's like sitting in a jet with Happy talking about his grief, and Happy's relating to him with that, it's like, well, this is hitting. Like, I'm, I'm really into this right now. Like, I well, like especially especially given the mistake that he's done in the movie at that point, where you don't you do feel the weight of his guilt. Um, you feel him, yeah. He's kind of he's stressed out for having to super stressed out and i was like work, I, work I get around it. the problem that's pretty tough for a high school that he created that was so dumb <laughs> it's just like this movie <laughs> i just felt like it kept shooting for like the lowest common denominator because like tony is would tony stark really trust this child with that technology he did as he, yeah, Spider-Man. like I would Spider-Man. <laughs> I, mm, like that feels like something you give to like I don't know Thor, Captain Thor? America. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Well, I, so I, I see I can see what you're saying. At the same time, I do think it fits the tone of these Spider-Man movies. I do think there's a light like the kind of thing where it's like it's a, if you're making like a high school movie, you're like yeah, like the dad gives the keys to the car to the kid for the weekend. Like it's that kind of like. It's obviously extra- it's extrapolated to the extremes as far as Tony Stark gives a satellite launching device to a little to a to a high school kid. But I get what they're going for. I do think it like in the realm of a comic book movie like this that has a looser tone because it's dealing with you know high school kids going to Europe story and like having antics like Martin Starr being a goofy t- goofy professor and all this stuff. Yeah, it's like, yeah all right. I the the Edith thing makes sense to me in that capacity. I. Like, it, it bothered me just because I felt like too much of Peter Parker's story is wrapped up into to Tony Stark and sure. into that end, like, most of Peter's villains have been, their grudges have really been against Tony Stark and the Avengers, so it's like, it, the, the connection just isn't really, their connection was there because Vulture was the father of, you know, the girl that he was that he liked, but and like Vulture was shafted by Tony Stark out of the the big job that he brought in a whole bunch of guys for. Yeah, but like, <laughs> what that has nothing it to do with change. like Peter, other than the fact that he's just there. The one thing that I think annoyed me the most about this movie, even though it was funny to see them like change their route, I just was like, the travel company called you and told you. <laughs> To take a bunch of high school students whose parents you have promised are going on a specific route and you are going to take them to another country. 
I, I get the practical questions that you have because I also times. have those as well. Multiple and, and, times, or, or even even when even when uh, his buddy has to be like, uh, Peter's gonna go stay with his his relatives in Germany. I was like, I don't think this is allowed <laughs> in any circumstance. So I get what you're saying with the practicalness of just you know some of the things that happen along their way. Let's let's jump back a bit to kind of the the basic plot because Jordan, you're 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 a bigger fan of this film. What did you have any issue with the the way they wrap Peter into Tony's kind of storyline? I'll give you this. I I wasn't the biggest fan of how he takes second fiddle to Mysterio, uh, the mm-hmm. first half of this movie. Okay. Sort of the same with Homecoming. I didn't like how he took second fiddle to like Tony Stark in that movie. Um, but I feel like in this movie, they pay it off more than they did in Homecoming. And I really enjoyed Homecoming. But I loved the moment in this movie where at the end he ex- he he says like the uh like spider tingle or, or peter tingle and peter he defeats tingle, all those yeah. drones i felt like it really paid uh the weight off to to finally see him become his own person sure. uh, and so yeah i wish it would have been spider-man throughout the whole movie uh and honestly in the future when when I see this more, I think about it more. I probably will put Spider-Man Two, like, back on top. Mm. Um, but ranking is is irrelevant. It, it doesn't matter. Sure. Um, but I'm hoping in the next Spider-Man movie, like, yeah, they do have it all Spider-Man and have a villain that's disconnected from Tony Stark. Because uh, that's a great point. Yeah, the villains have been uh, connected to Stark in a way that does hamper. The Spider-Man character. The movie's called Spider-Man. Right. Uh, and it, it stuck out to me where, because I, I hear what you guys are saying about like Gyllenhaal like coming to life in the in the second half. Where like I agree at the same time, what I while I like what Gyllenhaal is doing, I the villain just boils down to the you know the same kind of thing again. Where I'm like, well, yeah, all right, that's not that interesting to me compared to what the Raimi films did, where each of the characters are tied to peter's emotional journey for that movie as mm-hmm. convenient as that might seem it still works for those movies to me i i like yeah. what they do of goblin i like what they do of doc ock i with like doc what they ock. do of sandman honestly i think thomas yeah. and george and like what they're doing with that character regardless of your flaws of that movie i do think it speaks to some neat themes involving what he's going through as a character where tom totally. holland because we don't have you know, I know a lot of people have made note of there's a lack of Uncle Ben's specific stuff in this, and like it's more like Tony's being the mentor, so that's specific. It's just it's warped around in a way where it's like it's not a matter of what they should have done because I'm not saying that. It's more of how they've chosen to do it. Like you said, Terrence, it's not really hitting in the same way. Yeah, and I I find that to be unfortunate. That said. I also think Tom Holland's still really delivering in these movies. Like I, he's a great I, Peter Parker. He's I, a great I, Spider-Man. I, I think he works for what he's you know has to do here. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I like. I really enjoyed the struggle of this kid, like just wanting to go on vacation. Right. It's not like like we've been dealing with these raggedy adult Avengers, <laughs> you know, for so long, and they're like, you know, they're not like they have love interests and different things like that, but like vacation is not really a concept for them. You know, like we mm-hmm. all feel like. Like we, that kid who wants to get rid of his responsibilities. I just sort of wish the the turn or the struggle was a little more um, based off of like 
okay, so I've like been to space and I've been an Avenger, mm-hmm. you know, and like, do I still have to, do I still have to maintain that versus like, I don't want to maintain that. Cause like I, I never really felt like there was a time with, with Peter um, where he like really, really got to contemplate. Totally. His, I, his, I, 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 well, I, I do want to add to that because there's, um, as much as, as Nick Fury is kind of like annoyingly in here interspersed, <laughs> you know, just new directions about like, Hey, go to the tower and whatever else. Um, there is at least one point in the movie where he does ask Peter these questions. Uh, he's just like, Hey, you know what? Uh, aside from the guilt trip that he's laying on Peter in that moment, it's also mm-hmm. just like, hey, by the way, you know what? You can't have both lives. You can only have one life. And I hope to see you tomorrow in Berlin. But quite honestly, I know that you are doing all these things with the Avengers. I know that you can't choose your, your vacation life. You have to choose this one. And I, I, I agree with you that they didn't really go into it all that much. Because that's actually the the deepest question that is bothering Peter in this whole entire thing. And that's, I think, what makes the whole entire uh uh mj thing super sweet is just like dude he has a plan he really wants to stick to it but obviously things get in the way and uh it's a tough question to ask yourself when you're like 16 years old i I would agree Mm -hmm. that that's probably the most interesting question this movie brings up and it doesn't deal with it in the the brightest of ways because it goes for there's so many other things going on it's trying to throw at you so that's why it ultimately doesn't like make this movie rise above for me as far as the ranking of Spider-Man films or whatever. Um, at the same time, I think I've just become content with Spider-Man fitting alongside like Ant-Man and even Thor, I guess, as far as side of the, the lesser like the, the MCU entries that don't like feel like they're absolutely, absolutely crucial. They're more lighthearted in tone. Sure. And mm-hmm. It's weird to say that for Spider-Man because it's Spider-Man. It's one of the most well-known characters of in comic books, but I'm just kind of accepting that, which is why I'm more willing to go along with what this movie's throwing out there. And if it wants to be this kind of loosey-goosey high school comedy mixed with action superhero stuff, fine. And I like that superhero stuff well enough. I like the comedy of this movie, so which is why I think sure. I'm, I'm more positive than I think at least two of you. Um, but yeah, I mean, it would also I I'm not averse to seeing a, a Spider-Man movie that's well crafted enough to kind of balance all those elements really yeah. well. I've seen that many times already. Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, so. And, and I think that, you know, to go back to something that Terrence said, um, I don't, I, I think the marketing did a really good job in saying, like, by the way, this is going to be like a downer kind of movie. And it's like, it's actually a really funny movie. Um, it's not really a super contemplative. Like, the trailers show Peter with, like, his eyes, you know, bloodshot because he's been crying or whatever the case. And it's like, to be honest, like, this is what you and Jordan have said. It's, it's actually a, a pretty lighthearted, fun movie. Um, with a lot of the, jokes. I think the trailers sold the com. I mean, they got you show Flash getting hit in the balls and stuff. I mean, it's. <laughs> it, I, I hear what you're saying, if, but I will. I will agree that the. I will say that. And I, it's, I inspired Scott Mendelson, friend of the show's article this, today that oh, he wrote about this. As far sweet. as, uh, he the the marketing I think has been the best for a Spider-Man movie in forever because it doesn't lay out everything that happens in this movie. Totally. It actually tries to conceal things where... Well, it can, yeah. It yeah. couldn't. Well, they could because they have revealed things in every other Spider-Man yeah. movie. <laughs> like, they, <laughs> they, you know, it got to the point where you where people were editing trailer, like the whole movie together, like 12-minute versions trailers. of movies based off of Amazing Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man Homecoming because they sketched out the entire arcs of each of those movies in the marketing. This one, for the first time... Because it has something, in, you know, it deliberately wants to hide for whatever reason, given that Mysterio's 
you know, a classic villain in this a, universe. A bad guy, right? Mm-hmm. They because they were so bent on people not discovering this very obvious thing, they're like, I guess we got to hold back. Well, and they which led which led them made them do a good job at the marketing because yeah, it doesn't totally. reveal everything that takes place. So I, was, I, was I do want to go back to that mm-hmm. super quickly because Terrence, when you were saying like, you know. I was still waiting for the shoe to drop with Mysterio as well because his introduction is like what he says in the trailer, multiverse, you know, Earth, planet 617 or whatever. Um, and I was like, okay, well, I'm curious to see where the turn is going to be because I know Mysterio from the comics and I know Mysterio from the cartoons. He's not a friend of Spider-Man, so I'm curious to see how things change. And I'm, uh, I'm just going to say right now, we don't need to get too far into what Mysterio's origins are not at all yeah but i I did like that uh it wasn't anything too too complex because i think there was a lot of weight being put on like this multiverse i was like Mm -hmm. i don't know people really need to this goes back to what we were talking about with like infinity war and and also even um uh uh end game where it's like everybody just stop with you know your thoughts about what's gonna happen just watch the movie to to before you start making all these like silly um uh, I guess leaps because hey, that's not how the internet works. Oh, right, right. Yeah, about. I forgot that that's not how comic book CBR reports news. Oh, uh, yeah. Clickbait central right there. I like how you said reports. That's a fun joke. Oh yeah. Yeah. Good, good, good point. But you know, I like that they didn't really have to deal with that. They, they kind of were just like, no man, like there's, it, it's just a movie. And we just said that because it makes sense for this character at this time. But there's nothing that we need to follow through on. It's like, yeah, exactly. Like nobody has to make a big deal about anything because there that becomes inconsequential. I mean, I hear what you're saying at the same time, just based off how comics work, how this history yeah, of this character is pretty varied. There's a lot of things you can do with that, and especially with I mean, Sony did a great job of like, here's a way to fuel plenty of articles about Spider Man for months because people are gonna talk about how x-men and fantastic four can enter this universe and it's like well a convenient <laughs> multiverse would be a pretty pretty good way to do that but, um uh regardless let's uh let's move let's shift gears a bit let's talk about the kind of i think we talked a little bit about the action but let's talk about some of the action and like the production of this movie sure. i've already noted um, that georgia is a great place to film because you were able to, con- to to bring in england and prague and italy in this film i i like that they went overseas I'm disappointed that there's not much of a memorable stamp on the film with that aspect in mind. But where where are you guys with this? I definitely know what you mean by that, because they definitely show you the cityscape, but where they end up in hotels and in lobbies is clearly... Uh, just not... a random carnival that's or, just yeah, to or, a block. Exactly, or like <laughs> some, you know, stone bridge that can be anywhere. Uh, is clearly not in uh, Italy. Um, I was fine with it. I mean, for the most part, it's. I know that they're not going to go film on location for all these things. This isn't one of those types of movies. Um, and, you know, I was just glad that Peter Parker got to get away with his science high school guys. I still am curious how Flash is on the, the science high school like debate team, but I guess he's got his, he's got his uh, smarts sometimes. He's a genius. What are you talking about? This is true. This is this is like a rock hound in Armageddon. <laughs> Jordan, did you appreciate the kind of the, the the production value of this Spider-Man? Like I asked this because when I think of Spider-Man films, like say what you will, 
but the Raimi films have so much personality in them. And I just, I don't know what John Watts is doing that like really sets these films apart beyond emphasizing the high school aspect of it. Mm-hmm. So Jordan, uh, if you're, if you're a big fan of these, where, where are you with this? It, uh, it feels claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the, all the scenes where they go to Prague and, um, where else do they go? Czech Republic, or Czech. I guess that's Prague. Yeah. Eng- uh, England, yes. and England, England, Italy. Italy. Uh, a moment in the film where it's like, oh, this is absolutely in, like, location X. Like, it does seem claustrophobic. Um, and it's actually something I didn't pick up on the first time because I was just having a blast with the movie. Uh, but the second and third time, it did register with me. Um, second and third time? Why you really saw three times. Yeah. Watch this movie. Three times. I'm going to go see, like, six more times. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so you're alone. the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm the one. Leave me alone. Um, and um, I have my issues of course with Amazing Spider-Man 2 um, but that film is so vibrant and um, it it opens up the action in a way that these films don't Uh, so I I would agree with you that it, it is really contained and it becomes an issue with having memorable action sequences Terrence, any other thoughts on that? Well, that's inter- I really enjoyed the action in this movie. I felt like Mysterio's powers, mm-hmm. you know, were used to great effect. And I think those were the moments where I actually felt more of Peter Parker's, the emotional weight of what I was supposed to be feeling with Peter Parker. Sure. Um, yeah. Because I didn't, much like him, I didn't know what the hell was going on. And uh, I guess, like, I'm pointing out action where I'm thinking of, like, like, I guess Spider-Man fights in the city where Mysterio is such a unique villain because of how he can yeah. deceive oh. you with illusions. So it's Those like, it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird line to cross. But yeah, like, I agree there. Like, I do, yeah. like, I th- but also that's, you know, that doesn't require filming anywhere. That just requires yeah. an elaborate series of special effects. And, so. and when the, well, it's interesting because I thought it was interesting to put the elementals sort of in Peter Parker's way by virtue of the fact of his like powers and what they can do and his like equipment and what it can do. Cause I was like, Oh, so you're not even, this is not even going to be like, you're about to get just like Hopper in stranger things season three. Like you're about to get whooped up and down these streets because like, what are your web shooters going to do against like a water monster? Right. You know? And so that was interesting because I think you know our heroes are rarely overpowered in that way, uh, which is and then it sort of transitions into more of the illusion stuff and so that, but that worked on more of like an emotional level. Um, so, yeah. Uh, what else we can talk about the? Um... Well, I had questions about yeah. uh, just in terms of the some of the other technical things. Uh, what do you guys think about Giacchino's score? Um, and also, I think you you kind of asked this already, Aaron. But the direction is like I don't know what what imprint the direction really has because I agree with you that Raimi stuff is like I feel it, it feels, it feels different. like Raimi, but also yeah. just just the whole damn look at the I mean, it just every the Bill Post no, cinematography, yeah, like that. it just yeah. yeah, it's all there. Where this like I'm I don't think John Watts is a bad director. Like the movie works for me. Like it's assembled well. Part of me is is wondering like was it more the script than it is the director. 
perhaps I just feel like it, it feels more of a part of the Marvel machine than some of the other like entries that really stand sure, out. Sure. Like, and uh, Terrence, you've talked, you've enjoyed kind of thinking about the kind of auteurship of the MCU. Mm-hmm. Any, any thoughts of, of Watts as a director on these? I think he's fine. Yeah. But like I said, like I enjoyed the action, but like all of the other stuff in this movie, other, I mean, Peter Parker and MJ is the best thing about this movie. Everything about that storyline was great. Those actors were great. And that's so, a like, direction he, thing. Like, he's yeah, putting he's the, shown yeah. the ability to like do that. But honestly, I mean, the Mark Webb ones aren't great, mm-hmm. but like in terms of feeling like these might be this one in particular might feel a little direction less um it has less personality i would say yeah like yeah and i just don't i don't know if if this movie is like an indictment on him as a director because i did think that homecoming worked a bit better in terms of being like a young hip like high school spider-man movie Mm -hmm. this one i think does suffer more from like a script um side than it does the direction right i think part of that because because the script needs to kind of carry the weight of coming after avengers where significant things happen yeah. where homecoming and remember i like this movie over homecoming but but uh, homecoming you know isn't dependent on major plot points from previous films beyond just the fact that spider-man exists like it's not sure. it's not trying to follow up a story that wrapped itself up in terms of significant characters dying and how the universe is literally shaped because of the actions of another it's more of like and here's the spider-man story like where this one's like epic things just took place and this movie needs to both tell a spider-man specific story and tell you how the world has reacted to being blipped out of existence and then coming mm-hmm. back again. So it's like, I get that. Like, I get that the, the, the weight of that makes it, you know, I imagine quite a challenge. And yet this movie is only written by two people where, like, what, the previous one had, like, five writers on it. So right. Yeah. Including Freaks and Geek star, uh, what's his face? John. 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 Right, is that yes. Yeah. Yes. I think so. You you sound very unsure, Aaron. No, it's just, it, I'm, I'm clicking it. I'm trying to because he had, John Francis Daly, right? John Francis, yeah, John Francis Daly, Daly yeah. and his writing partner was it Jonathan yeah. Goldstein. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the score. I love the, for, my the former team. directors of the Flash. <laughs> yeah, John mm, Francis Daly, yeah. Jonathan Goldstein. Were you talking about the score with Jordan? Uh, I love Michael Giacchino. I do like the music in this, but it is no Danny Elfman. Like it. it that Spider-Man score, Elfman's Spider-Man score, is one of the best. Uh, I don't care for it. It, it does stick out. <laughs> <laughs> I I love the Raimi movies. I don't care for Elfman's score. <laughs> You're out of your mind. I You know what I like? I like Hans Zimmer's hero theme for Spider-Man and The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Okay, let's, let me, let me yes. just go on and hop the off he- of this podcast. Specifically the hero theme. <laughs> I'm not saying the entire score is great. I'm saying the hero theme for Spider-Man I think is absolutely fantastic. I, I agree. agree. Right now, yeah. I disagree. I'm sorry <laughs> that you don't like him and the Sinister Six working on their music together. <laughs> My gosh. Him and what Pharrell and Junkie XL and like everybody else that was there on that weekend. Wow. <laughs> what what I was going to ask about the characters, the act, the other actors. We talked a lot about. Tom Holland, I think we got, you know. Well, yeah, I was going to ask about some of the Aunt May stuff. What do you guys feel about that relationship going on with Happy? 
I love it. That was that was, was really funny. funny. I mean, it's funny. I just, like they have specific. Tomei has nothing to do in these movies, so it's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like how just her final scene at the end. I thought was really. I don't know if we're trying to get that into spoilers or whatever, but like her final scene was great. I yeah, she has nothing to do. Um, Which is, I, I point that out just because Aunt May is such a, you know, it's a pretty pivotal element in Spider-Man, and it's like, well... Yeah, well, I think this is... Mm-hmm. Aunt May is also part of the ramifications of centering everything around Tony Stark. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Because, and like, I don't need to see, you know, Uncle Ben shot again for the third, fifth, 700th time, like the DC movies seem content to do with <laughs> You think they're gonna do the next Batman? Probably. Oh God! Matt Reeves says he's not doing that. Allegedly, (laughs) but they said they weren't doing that in Batman vs Superman, and look what happened. Uh, Oh, because I'm supposed to believe Zack Snyder. (laughs) Yeah, but like Aunt May, (laughs) uh, Aunt May isn't the grounding presence that she could be because, like, they're they don't want to tell that story, and they literally like continuously put Peter in situations where he like is not around his aunt or like calling her or talking to her. And so you lose a bit of that. Like for all I shade the Andrew Garfield ones, I did think that Sally Fields, you know, Mm. on May was really great at that specific thing. Um, Yeah. Calling him out on his stuff and everything. Like, yeah. And especially serve the film because like, she knows, you know. Yeah, she, she plays it just like Rosemary Harris played it in the Raimi films, where it's like she knows, but she's not really saying it. Like, yeah, like Marissa Tomei's Aunt May, knowing that her child, her not child, but her, <laughs> for all intents and purposes, her child uh, <laughs> is Spider Man, and it's like it's funny to have her using him to like get donations, <laughs> but then also. Like, where is the concern when she sees, quote-unquote, Night Monkey or <laughs> Peter in, like, London swinging around the Tower Bridge, like, almost getting blown up? Yeah, it's it's weird that we've kind of shortcutted past the idea that Aunt May discovers that her, her, her ward is Spider-Man. Yes. <laughs> What is this, her, Annie? <laughs> her nephew is Spider-Man because uh, that seems like that'd be a big deal, and I, like I get it as far as the movies kind of the films have kind of worked past that. At the same time, there's still nothing, you know, there's nothing to do with that, and I, the movie's already you know throwing a lot at you already. But it feels like we're losing something in the process, and to make up for it, we have Happy Hogan <laughs> as the as like the the kind of emotion, the, the way to ground Peter and get to some emotional core elements before like ramping things up again. Yeah. Well, I hope they give, uh, you know, if they give Rosemary Harris an action beat in Spider-Man 2, mm-hmm. Rosemary Harris, they can give Marissa Tomei an action moment totally. in a Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Would be and totally worth it. And you know what? If they uh, reveal that, that Joe Pesci was uh, Uncle Ben, <laughs> I'd be all for a flashback where he gets <laughs> <laughs> He was a lawyer. <laughs> he got it over his head. <laughs> Uh, that, would about... make a great, that would make a great uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Kingpin storyline. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, before... <laughs> uh, before we wrap it up, I think we should, we, we haven't, we, we've talked about the kind of high school comedy aspect of it, and we've talked about the kind of the MJ Peter Parker run, but what about the rest of the kids? Like, I think that was a, 
part of the homecoming's advantage was having people like ned and whatnot like that was fun in the first film did you guys like kind of an, an amped up version of that in this film yeah i liked his uh girlfriend throughout the movie that was, <laughs> that was funny i mean you don't get really get to know the rest of them but yeah i, I mean they, they do introduce like the drama of the one kid that you know was five years younger than they were but because all of them disappeared he became older so he's like in this non-love triangle thing with mj What's funny about I... that is also, like, that, that sort of gives him an out to be an older actor, because that guy is clearly not 15 or 16. Uh, so uh, that was, like, a funny little thing that they had uh, in the beginning I of the movie. I like that. I wish... Mm-hmm. There, uh, yeah, I wish it could have been a little more interesting, but, like, sure. I, I did like the idea of that kid being, like, I know you like MJ and I like her, too, so I'm about to show her this photo. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted a little, a little more like conniving <laughs> from the youth. That would have been because fun. Because teens are terrible that, people. That's why I mm-hmm. like this first half war because it's so like goofy as far as Peter Parker trying to handle keeping things under wraps or whatnot and like almost accidentally like you know bombing his bus because he has Edith <laughs> and he doesn't know what he's doing. Like right. stuff. Like I th- that stuff was just genuinely funny to me. <laughs> like I just found it good. Uh, it's ridiculous, but. I've just I've accepted that tone, and that's really what it's going for. Even with like Flash, it is is like his his the YouTube channel or whatever he's hashtag constantly. Flash Mob. Flash Flash Mob. Exactly. Yeah. I will I will also say that this is like the most toned down I've seen JB Smoove. Yeah, really, honestly. Yeah, no, yeah, for real. It's like I was like I was kind of expecting him to go off, but I was like, wow, they've really tempered JB Smoove. That's because they got the other guy. Yeah, they, to... they got Martin Starr, like. <laughs> acting like a gumby doll like walking around. <laughs> and then just on the on the note of the characters you know again i think that having nick fury and also um maria hill maria hill there it's like it, i know that it serves its purpose but it's so night and day like it's, it's so jarring at times to have them there so i i actually i mean yeah, i liked it i like there's a beat that Nick Fury has when they talk about Tony Stark not being there anymore. And I actually liked how Fury's reaction was. Cause you don't, we don't know much about Fury beyond, I guess, I guess Captain Marvel was like the biggest dive, you know, delve into his character. But I like that you get a little something as far as him reacting to Tony Stark, not being, you know, around anymore. It's, it's a little, it's a little moment, but I think Sam Jackson plays it well. And yeah. then I'm completely offset by how things end up at the end, so I don't know what to think. Anymore, <laughs> <but still. laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, all right. Hey, and you bring uh, Peter Billingsley in it, so so there you go. I I will say this: what he showed, because I for whatever reason I just recognize him whenever I see him <laughs> around. So like that part was like, wait a minute, like I had some like, knowing that there's already a turn that's probably going to come. When I saw him lurking around in the background, I was like, wait a minute, Billingsley's in here. <laughs> like, what's what's going on? <laughs> it was a weird eagle eye thing. Like I did a great expect, surprise. I don't t- I don't tend to try to like find things out before I'm just into the movie, but I was like, Yeah, well, Peter Billingsley's back in this. That was a fun yeah, that, that was a he's fun like, fr- he's like friends with Favreau and everything, so I'm like, Oh, that's fun. They brought him back and everything. Yeah. I was like, Oh wait, there, there's something here. The <laughs> great twist of uh, of the film is that he's in it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> The great, the greatest twist is when he shoots Spider-Man out of the head of a BB gun. Like that's that's the weird. Part. <laughs> um. All right, we've talked pretty sufficiently about Spider-Man: Far From Home. When should people go and see this movie, Jordan? IMAX. Wow, nice. Terrence, when should people see this movie? Oh, you said 
IMAX and I'm just my spirit just withered for the cost <laughs> of, of an IMAX ticket in Los Angeles. Um, it, you know, it's a despite my misgivings, mm-hmm. it's still a, a fun time at the movies. So I would say you could go on like your Tuesday matinee. There you, there you go. You know, I had a fun time with it. I'd say theater. I mean, yeah, I'd say theater too. It's a big, it's a big Spider-Man movie. I like, I like Spider. I like having fun with Spider-Man. I had fun. Like, yeah, it has its, it has its issues here and there. It's, sure. it's I think, currently fifth on my Spider-Man ranking list. But like, I still had a good time. There you go. All right. Is uh, the Amazing Spider-Man number one? The the first Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man. It... <laughs> it's dead last. Lizard people. That's that's dead last. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Anyone that says three and two are worse than lizard people, they are wrong. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Terrence. They're wrong. <laughs> lizard people. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't call Terrence out on this episode. <laughs> I say that uh, Blue Jamie Fox is worse than lizard people. Lizard people. <laughs> Fox made a choice. Lizard people's just like, I'm going to turn them on to lizards. That's, that's my dastardly plot. It just like, it amuses me to no, no extent. He should have just had people lose an arm. <laughs> that would show him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's uh, let's get to Abe. What what time is it? Aaron, time for a fun game. That was actually the theme that plays when Peter Parker puts on the black Spider-Man suit. <laughs> oh yeah, we didn't talk about the suits. Hey, they're cool. Okay, we can move yeah. on. They're unlocked for the game. Yeah. Uh, I've got a game for you guys. It's called Garfield, Holland, Maguire, Moore. This is oh, a game good. in which I read a clue, <laughs> and if you know which Spider-Man I'm talking about, buzz in with that actor's name. Maguire, Garfield, Holland, Moore. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you stopped it short. You didn't include Cage... Johnson nope. did, did not include Seinfeld. Any... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Did, didn't include Stanfield. Any of those other folks? Just right. just uh, Spider Man or in Spider Boys. Uh, quick question or uh, first question here. I've worked with Snyder's Lex Luthor on the Social Network. Aaron. Aaron. But Snyder's Lex Luthor. Oh, I see. What you... Okay, Garfield. Garfield is correct. Next one here. My Flash Thompson went on to do Magic Mike. Terrence. Terrence. McGuire. McGuire is correct. Next one here. What? Hold on. One of my favorite moments in the first Spider-Man movie is when Mary Jane breaks up with Joe Manganiello, and he's just like, whatever. And he walks away. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's got his Plymouth, Plymouth Prowler that he can go drive. He's, just, he's like, whatever. And he walks off. <laughs> uh, next one here. I have a crush on Gwen Stacy from Earth 65. Aaron. Aaron. Moore? Moore is correct. Next one here. I lead the Spider-Man in Academy Award nominations. It's weird that I have to think about this. Aaron? Aaron. Garfield? Garfield is correct. He's the only one that's been nominated. Really one, <laughs> I was right? like, why like, was I blanking on that? Yeah, I knew like, that was the Tom Holland doesn't have no Academy Award nomination. <laughs> He, he got nominated for Hacksaw Ridge. <laughs> uh, next one here. <laughs> I worked with Obi-Wan Kenobi in this disaster flick. Aaron. Aaron. Holland. 
All in is correct. The impossible. God, yeah, the impossible. He's, he's very good. That was like his like first major emotion. Claim to fame. That was his thing. Yeah. Impossible, the movie I cried the most in out of any movie I've ever seen. And what that is, is that? why I still haven't seen it, Terrence, because I'm afraid of crying my it's eyes. It's so are. good. McGregor is great. Everybody's great. I mean, Everybody is, seems great in it. The trailer is great. McGregor has the part where he's like, I just want to find my weapon. <laughs> and he just starts crying. It's like, oh, oh he's so sad. <laughs> Uh, moving on, because no easy way to transition. <laughs> when I'm being bad, I'm the best dancer. Terrence? <laughs> Terrence. Toby Maguire? Toby Maguire is correct. <laughs> uh, obviously, he was uh, affected by the symbiote, too, by that time. <laughs> Next one here. Before he was Flash Johnson, he was my best friend in Dope. Trying to see the phrasing of this question, Aaron. Aaron, <laughs> is it more? More is correct. Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, see. Yeah, because you think of it, yeah. it backwards. Also, it's like yes. how, how are you exactly. saying this? It's yeah. a mind bender. Yeah, uh, next one here. My buddy Harry Osborne was played by James Franco. Aaron's. Aaron's. McGuire. McGuire is correct. Clearly, I only remember the Raimi Spider-Man. <laughs> I don't really remember the original Spider-Man series for whatever reason. I don't, I don't remember. Uh, the well, next one here. <laughs> it is very memorable. I worked with Thor in this story that inspired Moby Dick. Terrence. Ooh, that's a tough one. I, I can't really look at the tape, but I feel like it was sure. Aaron that said it first. Holland. Holland is correct. In the heart of the sea. In the heart of the sea, yeah. He climbed in that whale. <laughs> he was about to shoot himself in the face. He climbed in that whale, just like, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Who wore that hat? Mark Rylance, he wore that hat. <laughs> Great non-sequitur. Uh, the last one here. I have the highest grossing U.S. domestic box office Spider-Man number two sequel. <laughs> Uh, yeah, tough question. Basically, I have the highest grossing second Spider-Man movie in my Terrence? franchise. Terrence? Garfield? It is not Garfield. Aaron. Aaron. It's, yeah, it's McGuire. McGuire. Those movies have made the most money in the entire Spider-Man franchise. Spider-Man 3 oh, still has the highest, is the highest of all of them. It actually, it actually uh, yeah, that, that actually has outgrossed. Yeah, uh, yeah, I thought so. that was like another trick question. But. No, it was uh, basically the original Raimi Spider-Man series have really made a lot of money. Yes, they're insanely popular movies. Like they made money. Uh, even with even if I'd given Terrence that that other very split second question, Aaron, you would have won anyway. So <laughs> congratulations, Aaron, uh, on uh, winning Garfield, Holland, Maguire, Moore, uh, Jordan. Good effort for for listening. Thank you. <laughs> I'm the uh, amazing Spider-Man of this game. <laughs> <laughs> all right well thanks a for that game you're welcome let's move on now let's get to some uh, out now feedback 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 thank you this is where we go over the various questions and answers on our facebook page facebook.com slash now podcast we asked a number of questions to listeners and they gave us answers then they gave us questions that we can answer that is true i'm pulling up the document right now sorry about that here it comes yeah first question is What's your favorite Spider-Man costume, comics, movies, or otherwise? Justin writes, Miles Morales is Spider-Man. So I'm going to guess he likes the hoodie and the, the spray-painted Spider-Man suit. Do you guys have a favorite? Miles. Miles, yeah. 
I like the Miles suit, but I think I like it just because it's like, oh, that's different. But I mean, I like the classic Spider-Man costume, honestly. I like the, I, I like the old-fashioned look, the, like the, the sixty Spider-Man suit. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of uh, the cut-off uh, shorts and you know the the beanie with like the goggles. Oh, like in so Homecoming. Homecoming, his, but also he uses costume? it in, um, against Bonesaw, right? Okay, so yeah, just like his his first suit. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. No, no frills suit. Yeah, bones on nose. <laughs> He's also ready. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan, do you have a, do you have a favorite costume? Uh, Spider Man Two. There you go. Thank you. Uh, next question is: Who's your favorite cinematic Spider Man villain? Jeffrey writes: Defoe's Green Goblin, followed closely by Keaton's Vulture. Even though the movie takes some liberties with the comics version of Vulture, Justin has Otto Octavius. Alan has J. Jonah Jameson, and Dennis has Doc Ock. I mean, I mean Doctor Doc Octopus is my favorite Spider-Man villain in the comics. So, like, mm-hmm. the idea of him being realized as a cinematic villain, I was like, I am so down for Spider-Man Two. Yeah. And then, like, Alfred Molina comes in and is like, I'm gonna play the hell out of this character, and you're gonna love it. And I was like, Thank you, Alfred Molina. You did a great job. So, <laughs> Thank that's you, my answer. Acclaimed, classically trained actor Alfred Molina. <laughs> Classically trained Alfred Molina, who's like, yeah, I'll take, like, seventh billing in a movie. He just pops up in things sometimes. They're like, okay, cool, Alfred Molina's here. Yes, yeah. <laughs> he's a pretty cool guy. Uh, I'm going to add in uh, Paul Giamatti's Rhino. Oh, of course. I mean, I figured this was the Rhino, <laughs> the oh my rhino, the rhino tribute list. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't have wanted to see that? I, I mean, America did, so... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I I love Doc Ock and Spider Man too, but I think I'm gonna go the kingpin of uh, Spider Verse. Yeah, that was pretty solid. Uh, Aaron, I, every time I watch that movie, I think about what Aaron has pointed out when he's like exiting the limo. limo. <laughs> How does he do it? Or like, there's a shot of kingpin. There's a shot of kingpin like like walking to the limo, and then the next shot of him is in the limo. It's like, how did he get in there? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean yeah the spy I I don't know I don't try to forget Spider Verse I just don't think of like the big questions but um I mean I love like the Herschel Ali's Prowler is terrific and I, I like the theme of him is so scary whenever he's actually yeah. a Prowler yeah. it's so good like it's it like just the kind of the scratch on the needle where he, he just like pops up and uh, you know it's Herschel Ali is it's the Prowler it's great so that's yeah, a good one. fantastic voice acting that yeah. hey. <laughs> next question we have you sure my nephew <laughs> what and now like i'm reading ultimate spider-man comics right now and i'm just like yep i'm so into the zone of these characters of these actors as these characters as i read it in my head it's fun um what other mcu characters do you look forward to seeing spider-man team up with justin writes not seeing en- not seeing endgame yet i don't know who is still alive but i guess that's <laughs> never stopped the mcu <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, diverse. Michael Lee, friend of the show, writes Cosmo, Goose, Dumb E, Korg, and Mike. Korg would be a great one. Oh, so all your favorite side characters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dummy. So, like, the robotic arm. That's what he wants Spider Man to team up with. Uh, let's see. Scott Mendelson writes Darcy and Goose. Um, Dennis has uh, Johnny Storm. And Alan has Howard the Duck. <laughs> That's a good team up. Um, let's see. We didn't get any answers to this question, but I thought it was interesting. Any particular Spider-Man stories you look forward to seeing handled in the films? 
I mean, we've talked about this many times in passing, but just like a Craven the Hunter would be great because I think that dude's like sadistically weird. We'll get we'll get to that later on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the only thing I don't really read Spider-Man comics, but doesn't he go to like Wakanda and get his hair braided at yes. some point? Does he really? I, I want that to happen so badly. <laughs> <laughs> I want him to like go visit Shuri. And then, like, T'Challa walks in and, like, <laughs> Peter's getting his hair done. That's a great answer to the previous question, too. Yeah. Uh, or Peter Parker and, and Shuri teaming up. Because yeah. they're both, like, teenage nerds. Like, I know people exactly. like, yeah. a lot of people have put them together as far as what they want to see in Spider-Man movies. Yeah. That'd be fun. Now we have some midsummer questions. <laughs> now, yeah. Now it shifts dramatically <laughs> into favorite films about cults. <laughs> David has Rosemary's Baby, The Wicker Man, and Sacrament. Chris has, wow, so many. Rosemary's Baby, The Endless, Apostle, The Void, Red State, Mandy, O, and The Invitation. Friend of the show, Jim Deeds, has Powers Booth and the Jim Jones story, and The Endless. Christopher has Hot Fuzz. Todd writes The Source Family. Justin has That Part in VHS 2. Jordan. Oh, yeah, the Gareth, the Gareth Evans chapter is crazy. Great. That's the one where you actually had to step out of the theater, right? I, well, I was watching it at home. I just I had to pause the movie and like go into that the bathroom. Is rough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, you write Batman Returns. Uh, yeah. Alex is the master. Uh, Tyler has Martha Mar- Martha Macy Mar- Martha Marcy May Marlene. Th- yeah, that was, a, that was a mouthful even back in the day. Uh, the Wicker Man, Batman <laughs> of the Air Royale. Kill list, and lastly, Irene has Race of the Devil and Rosemary's Baby. I um I watched Martha Marcy May Marlene recently again in anticipation of Midsummer. I watched a couple cult. I watched The Wicker Man also, which is just utterly fantastic. But I forgot how effectively chilling Martha Marcy May Marlene is. Like it's a really it gets under under your skin. It's really unnerving how much stuff they do in that movie. That ending, Jesus. The ed- the ending's great. The editing, I remember I was campaigning for this in 2012 <laughs> when the, I think the editing's just so strong in that movie. It was like, this this movie, yeah, do this. Like, there's so much great um, movement between the past timeline and the present timeline mm-hmm. telling that, I, that like, confuses you on purpose that I really enjoyed. Yeah, those cold like movies. Yeah. Shout out. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. What are some horror films you enjoy because of how they go against con- convention or subvert your expectations? Uh, Chris writes, my favorite genre of film, and it covers such a range. Some unusual, some great unusual horror like Under the Under Under the Skin and Eraserhead, or even Antichrist. Maybe I wouldn't watch some of the, them again, but didn't let me forget what I had just watched and push boundaries. Also, Mandy and Mother. Mother. Mother is great. <laughs> Uh, Justin yeah. writes, I am like Abe, I don't watch too much horror, but I do respect the art form. There you go. And Alan writes <laughs> Scream. That was, that was uh, especially when he's describing the way that the horror movie works, uh, that was pretty fun in Scream, for sure. He's like, and don't forget, the killer also has to come for, back for one last scare. And I was like, yeah, he's probably not going to, oh no, he did it. Any other favorite horror movies that kind of go way against convention? Uh, one that you recommended to me was Trick or Treat. Uh, I, I always really like that because it's, it's like, funny, but it's also, like, really weird. Like, uh, what's his face? Dylan, uh, what's his face? Oh, uh, the, um, oh, Dylan Dr. Baker. Dr. Dr. Yeah, Connors. Dylan Baker. Dr. Connors from D- the Yeah, Angels. exactly. Doc Ock. <laughs> yeah. uh, Dylan Baker has this really twisted role as, like, a father in that movie, and it just... 
it makes me laugh, but it also makes me cringe. And that movie is like it's it's very entertaining as a horror movie. But again, the way the way that the, the that Mike is it Mike or the director? I forget. But oh, it's such a Mike Doherty, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah Mike. Right. Yeah. He shoots it in a really like the cinematographer on that is is really good. So there, there's really like a lot of great technical elements to that movie. In addition to it being funny, dark, and weird, and, and a cheap movie big. too. Yeah. Was it like a million bucks or something like that? I mean, it's not. It wasn't expensive. So that yeah, was... <laughs> it doesn't look expensive, but it looks great. I put uh, the Suspiria remake. Uh, there as well. Like, oh, one good. of Terrence's favorite movies. Terrence <laughs> <laughs> is not going to come up for like another six months. <laughs> it's funny that you, Suspiria did, uh, Midsommar did remind me a lot of Suspiria. <laughs> In a bad way. Yes. <laughs> Alright, well the next question is uh, who are some of your favorite, who are some great comic relief characters you enjoy in horror films? Kevin writes Matthew Lillard and Scream. I think you cut me too deep, man. Uh, I'm getting a little woozy. <laughs> Chris says the goat and drag me to hell. And uh, John Hell's Lil Ray Howery in Get Out. Comic relief characters in horror movies. Black Phillip and the Witch. <laughs> he's, you could argue he's the main antagonist. You know, when I saw I saw the goat gif for Drag Me to Hell, and I was like, wait, is that Black Phillip? And I'm like, oh, wait, no, that's Drag yeah. Me to Hell. I was like, why would he put that? That would definitely be Jimmy O's answer is Black Phillip. Um, comic relief. Comic relief. Uh, in, let's see. In, in, uh, Fright Night's got some fun comic relief characters. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The original or remake? Uh, both of them, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, Let's see what I mean. There's plenty. I'm only trying to come to mind some right now. Um, I mean, if we're going to go on the Get Out train, I mean, Winston Duke and Us um, is a lot oh, yeah. of fun. Mm. <laughs> if you want to get crazy, we can get crazy. My goodness. What's his name in um, Fran Kranz in a Cabin in the Woods? Oh yeah, um, that's a great one. Is he, is he the high guy? He's the stoner guy. Yeah, yeah. he's pretty funny. But I he mean, also all of them are, the most logic. And all of them are, you know, their performances are kind of arch to begin with. But I mean, yeah, he's he's fun. When he locks the car and the windows open, that's fun. <laughs> that makes me laugh. I mean, it's so stupid. But it makes me laugh. <laughs> that's a fun movie. All right, let's move on. Uh, Jason asks us a question. Should Craven the Hunter be in an MCU Spider-Man film, or should he have a solo film like Rumored? I forgot <laughs> that that was a rumor. Um, Who was going to play him? Razor Ramon? That makes the only sense. <laughs> <laughs> he already looks like Craven. He's, re- he's too old now, but... Uh, I think I think it'd be fun to have Craven the Hunter um, in a Spider-Man film, because that dude's just weird. He wears, like, a cheetah vest with no shirt. <laughs> yeah, that's the reason. I mean, I'm trying to remember. Was there any? Do you remember this, Terrence? Was anyone actually rumored for Craven? Was that a thing? In the Sinister Six days, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm trying to like. I cause, but I know that they've talked to Avi Arad, the uh, Spider-Man's greatest enemy. Um, he's talked <laughs> about. He's talked about Craven the Hunter being like a solo film, also in addition to the Morbius film currently being filmed with Jared Leto. Is that for? Um, yes, that's real. He's keeps posting instagram photos of like his stupid eyes and like look i'm morbius guys <laughs> and you know going by venom i don't need to anticipate it either so i don't know what to think but... 
I mean, yeah, Craven in a Spider-Man movie, that'd be cool. I mean, why not? I, I, I'd like to see what that is. Like how you yeah. I mean, this, is, this is like my other wish of having the Rat King in a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. So Craven was allegedly supposed to be in the Sinister Six. Yeah. Then Ryan Coogler said he might have been in Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And apparently Sony is developing a Craven the Hunter movie with Antoine Fuqua directing it. What? Okay, yeah, I remember that. I remember that was like a thing in the news. I don't know if that's still a thing, but yeah. we'll see where it goes. I mean, yeah, Ryan Coogler, I mean, you, with that logic, you already had Andy Serkis, who would have been a pretty good Craven, already taken out of the plan of the options there. But as far as him being in an MCU Spider-Man, sure. I mean, Let's do it. It'll, I, it'll be nice to see them. I, I don't want to see another Goblin. Like, I don't want Spider-Man Gap Year to come out, and it's like, oh, Harry Osborn's here all of a sudden. <laughs> it's his new best friend, because Ned, for whatever reason, got turned into, you know, some guy who's going to go to NYU with him. We do the same thing as Amazing, where it's like, hey, remember your best friend we haven't talked about at all until this movie? Well, here he is. <laughs> well, isn't that the question of the day? <laughs> That's uh, my lame-o Leonardo DiCaprio clone knockoff. Get uh, Javier Bardem with his outfit from The Counselor to be Craven the Hunter. <laughs> the Counselor. <laughs> uh, yeah, there you go. That might work. So, yeah, Javier Bardem as Brian Grazer as, the, <laughs> as Craven. <laughs> All right, that's enough feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Let's move on now. Let's get to, let's start wrapping things up a little. Out now, potentials out now. These movies that are coming out on Blu-ray, 4K, DVD, streaming, and all that. First up on Blu-ray and all that this week, we have Pet Cemetery. I heard mixed reviews, mixed negative. It's I, awful. I didn't like it. I like you. You said something like, you know, these people are in some like white nonsense. That I don't know. It made me laugh. <laughs> it is. I literally cut that movie off 40 minutes into well, it. I, I, I think it. I think you wrote something on Twitter where it's like, right when these kids had the mask on, I'd move or whatever. Yeah, like a processional of kids carrying their dead pets to a cemetery while wearing masks like why would you say <laughs> to, to be fair that's the only time that happens in that movie and that's unfortunate because that was the only thing that was scary in that movie i was like i'm into this like yeah <laughs> you more you more creepy kids walking around cemeteries and then they're like no nah, no we just had that scene that's it <laughs> uh yeah feel free to give a yay or nay as i keep going a uh, little uh, i liked it can't remember what's next that's the one with uh, that's that's the you know the big thing except reverse with uh oh oh yeah with, uh, you guys with, did, yeah with um regina the, hall and the and yeah the yeah the, the, the young actress from blackish who's who was like uh, the youngest producer right yeah yeah uh high life the claire denis film i'm a big fan of this one i've heard interesting things from you about it <laughs> didn't see it mm, i will <laughs> Um, Transit. Uh, I just got this movie to review. I'm looking forward to it. I've heard a lot of great things about it. I'm, uh, I'm heard of it. It's a foreign film, and the plot's too interesting to want to delve into right at the second, but because <laughs> there's like <laughs> surprise aspects to it. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Let's see. After. Sounds familiar. Is that another like fan fiction movie thing that got turned into a thing like? Fifty Shades, like something like that, something similar. I hope that it's not. It's something like that, I think. A young woman falls to a guy with a dark secret who embark in a rocky relationship based on a novel right. by Anna Tide. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Professor. 
Mm. This no. is some Johnny Depp movie that got like dumped, right? What? Horrible. Mm. Uh, oh, yeah, go. yeah, I'm gonna pass then. Yeah, let's see TV stuff. We got Gotham season five, the final season, the last one, right? Mm-hmm. Which ended well enough. Like Gotham had a rocky road, but as it got weirder and figured out what it was trying to be, it was you know fine. <laughs> 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 and uh, the Magician season four. For all you magicians fans. Good job at having four seasons. There you go. Tough to do. Uh, let's see. On specialty stuff here, we got Mothra is getting a new Steelbook edition this week, which I'm, I'm excited pretty about. Pretty sure you already bought it. Oh, I did. Yeah. I think I got the Amazon shipping <laughs> confirmation today, actually. Uh, let's see. Lonesome Dove has a new Steelbook edition as well for fans of that <laughs> Western miniseries. Okay. Yes. Let's see. Silent Hill is new on Screen Factory. The, the movie with Sean Bean? The video, yeah, the video game movie that a lot of people really like, and I'm like, why? It's terrible, but okay. Interesting, <laughs> interesting uh, design. It has, yeah, the production designs what anybody praises. Does anyone say anything else about the movie? No, because it's terrible. <laughs> game I heard is spooky as hell. Yeah, this the games, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this Island Earth is also on Screen Factor this week. That's an old B movie that I think Mystery Science Theater 3000 did like <laughs> twice. Like it's, it, it's did a whole really movie based off of it. Yeah. Right. Um. Let's see, on Criterion, we have uh, the BRD trilogy. This is from uh, Fassbender. And uh, Europa Europa gets a Criterion edition as well. Okay. On 4K, your wait is over. Waterworld 4K is out this week. Everything I've ever wanted from Dennis Hopper. <laughs> also, Hulk 4K. Uh, which one? Hulk. Not the Incredible Hulk. Hulk. Is that Eric Bannon's one? Hulk. Oh, Hulk. Yeah. oh I, I God. But one has the incredible in front of it. One just I know, but still, <laughs> you know, it's weird. And uh, Space Station 4K, that IMAX movie Space Station, they put it out in 4K. So, and uh, is it? That's like one of the oldest IMAX movies. Interesting. Uh, it was like when IMAX was still just a hey, we can play 40 minute movies and you'll pay to see them. That's what that when when IMAX was still that. That's what Space Station is. It's one of those. Um, let's see, new to streaming this week. Not much. Mary Poppins Returns is on Netflix eventually this week. Which I was a big fan of. I like Mary Robbins. There you go. And um, if you're nothing new came on Prime, so I just wanted to point out, like if you're looking forward to the new Bill and Ted, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures on Prime right now. So you can, you know, they're filming three right now, so you can catch up if you haven't already. I cool. guess. Excellent. <laughs> see, yeah, exactly. Um, next week's show. ITunes. What? What? Buy Hellboy on iTunes. <laughs> you can. Hellboy. If you want. No, no, I don't want to do that at all. <laughs> uh, no next week's show. We're not sure yet. We're not sure uh, yet. We'll, we'll figure yeah. it out. Stuber and Crawl open in wide release next week. Um, the Farewell opens, but I don't think Abe's going to be able to see it. Uh, if it's so. not opening in the Bay. Well, I mean, it's got a strong Asian population out here in the Bay. Yeah, well, I, I, I think it might just be New York and L.A., but that would certainly be the one that I think we could do a good episode on. But I'm not, I'm not sure. We'll figure it out. We'll let you know what the plan is for next week's episode. You know, side note, do you think that Constance Wu is mad that Aquafina is getting all these cool roles and she's still doing uh, Fresh Off the Boat? Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Terrence. <laughs> Last thing we do here, what should people go and see now and what do you plan to see next? Jordan Grout, what should people see right now? Spider-Man. Duh. What are you seeing next? Crawl, the best movie of the year. <laughs> I like your confidence. Terrence, what do people see in theaters right now? Uh, Rocket Man is still in theaters. Go see that. <laughs> cool. What are you seeing next? Um, the Lion King, 
Ooh. with Beyonce, Nils, Carter, and James Earl Jones. <laughs> You're sneaking with those two actors and actresses? <laughs> uh, maybe if, well, I mean, I probably would die if they popped up at the screening, so you wouldn't <laughs> hear me talk about it. But If James Earl, because we'll be at the same screen I was, if James Earl Jones pops out on stage as like, hello everyone, I'd be like, oh my god, James Earl Jones is here right <laughs> uh, Abe, where were you? I recommend uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, and next is uh, likely going to be Stuber. I'm curious how... I, I've heard some really cool stories about Dave Bautista uh, on set, and I kind of want to support that guy, even though it, it's not looking so great. I mean, I didn't talk about Stuber, but I had a good time. We'll just put there that you there. go. <laughs> um, what What's out there? I, uh, the Midsummer, The Dead Don't Die, The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Those are all movies that I would recommend. And yeah, The Lion King I'm seeing this week, and I'm looking forward to Crawl also. It's not screaming for critics, but who cares, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's Crawl. Yeah, it's, it's got exactly. alligators, Sam Raimi's producing, Alexandra Aha. What was know. that one tornado movie where uh, Hurricane Heist? I mean, you know. Hurricane Heist. It feels like it's one of those kind of movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see what happens. Um, well, that's it. That's going to do it for this week's episode about Now, Theron, and Abe. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodezeek.com. Everything I do ends up there. I'm also writing reviews over at Why So Blue and We Live Entertainment. And I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? I'm more fun stuff over my Instagram, Abe.Mua, and Twitter.com slash Rollersmoose. Hashtag I will always love you. Hashtag Whitney Houston. Uh, and uh, sub six forty the podcast. <laughs> Terrence, <laughs> where can people find more of you online? You can find me at LenoirAutor.net. That's L-E-N-O-I-R-A-U-T-E-U-R. Uh, and that's also my Twitter handle. Jordan Grout. Can't find me anywhere. Um, <laughs> but for Why So Blue, I'll be covering Comic-Con. There you right. go. Thank you, Terrence and Jordan, for joining us this week. It was so Thank you fun. so much, guys. Yeah, fun time. You can uh, find all the other episodes about Now Theranity on iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, and Stitcher, of course. Thanks, Automatic, HWD, we're all over the place. Yeah, email is out, notpockets at gmail.com. Facebook, Twitter, you know the place. Instagram. Yeah. And of course, scary clown gifts at outnotpodcast.tumblr.com. Okay, I'm done. Before they show it on the site. Yeah, scary clown gifts. <laughs> Darren's Jordan, thanks again. Yeah, that's going to do it for this nonsense episode about now. <laughs> Next week. Um, but until then, so long. And goodbye.
McGregor has a part where he's like, I just want to find my weapon. <laughs> and he just starts crying. It's like, oh, oh he's so sad. <laughs> uh, moving on, because no easy way to transition. 